pleasant good morning to everyone. I count it a great joy and privilege to be here at Grace Christian Church of the Philippines. This place is such a memorable place for me. I still well remember when I was in fourth grade, one chapel service when I was a student back then. I walked down the aisle when one of the missionaries who drew on charcoal uh, the story of Nicodemus, and I trusted the Lord Jesus as my Savior. And that day, I walked down the aisle, and this day is such a memorable time to remember that uh, very special day for my life. I thank God because um, I am a fruit of uh, the, the ministry of this church, of the school, and I give God honor and glory. And I thank God for each one of you who are here to, uh, to worship with us this morning. Well, let me ask you a very important question. Is it okay to live a lifestyle of sin, confess, sin, confess, sin, confess? Is it okay to just continue on that kind of lifestyle? We need to realize that every time we sin, a sin is an act of disobedience and an act of rebellion against God. When we sin against God, we're telling Him, we want to disobey you. We deliberately want to disobey what you want me to do. And as a result, we, are, we act as rebels. We disobey Him, and we are acting in rebellion against Him. But sometimes when we continue on this lifestyle of sin-confess, sin-confess, sin-confess lifestyle, it doesn't end like that. You know, as you get used to sin-confess, 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 it will become later on sin, sin-confess, sin, sin confess, and as you continue on, it will be sin, 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 confess, sin, 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 confess, sometimes sin, 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 and it becomes later on, you no longer confess your sin before the Lord. Let us realize in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, the Word of God says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Here in this passage, it is clearly reminding us, if we continue on a lifestyle of sin-confess, 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 without having an attitude of repentance, we will reap what we saw. A lifestyle of unrepentance, we will reap the consequences. Secondly, the Word of God tells us that if we continue on this lifestyle, if we uh, prolong this kind of unrepentant lifestyle, we are actually mocking God by telling Him we are not willing to repent from our sins. And thirdly, we could see here, we're ending up deceiving ourselves. If there's anyone we are fooling, it's not God or anyone else but ourselves. Today we are here to be warned. We're going to look into the book of Judges, and we're going to look into specifically chapter 2 of the book of Judges, and we will talk on warnings on rebellion against God. Shall we come to the Lord in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the ministry and the faithfulness of the leaders of Grace Christian Church of the Philippines, the pastors, the leaders, the elders and deacons, everyone, Father, who works so hard to provide uh, this worship service that would bring glory and honor to your name. Lord, we continue to look up to you and thank you for this privilege of worshiping you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we humble ourselves before you 
And we pray that you would use the passage for today, Lord, to allow us to reflect upon our lives, reflect upon our walk with you, reflect, Lord, on our relationship with you. Lord, perhaps uh, we truly realize that nobody is perfect. Lord, we are not uh, sinless. We will never be sinless in this world. But Lord, if we are negligent, if we, uh, Lord, uh, continue on a lifestyle of sin, confess, sin, confess, sin, confess, without having a proper recognition that we need to repent from our sins. We're truly, Lord, uh, just going the motion. Lord, I pray that you would rebuke us, rebuke myself, rebuke everyone here. And I pray, Father, that we will turn, out, turn away from a life of unrepentance so that our lives will bring glory and honor to your name. So thank you for how you're going to work out your way in and through this message, and we just submit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Heard from uh, Dr. Stephen Tan that you're going through the book of Acts. Actually, the book of Acts is a mirror opposite image of Judges chapter 2. You could see here uh, that in the book of Acts, we could see that the faith was passed on from the Lord Jesus Christ to the disciples and to the early church. But the complete opposite has happened in Judges chapter 2. You know, we could say that uh, Joshua uh, is the Hebrew name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Joshua, at uh, the time, the faith was passed on successfully from Joshua to the elders. But from the elders to the next generation, there was an unsuccessful attempt of passing on the faith. And we're excited to see what God is doing, the work works of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, but we have to look at the mirror image of Judges chapter 2 to warn us if we move from a lifestyle of obedience into a lifestyle of disobedience, what will happen to God's people? So when we sin, it is not enough to confess. Yes, it's true, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we confess our sins to Him. But living a lifestyle of sin, confess, without repentance, there is a deficit in our Christian life. There is something missing. There is a lack. We need to repent and turn away from a lifestyle of unrepentance. If we continue on a lifestyle of unrepentance, we will go through a, some stages of regression. And today we're going to look into three stages of rebellion as a warning from the sin uh, confess, sin, confess lifestyle or cycle that you could see in the book of Judges. And the first stage of rebellion against God is what we can say as apathy towards God. Apathy towards God. Let's take a look at Judges chapter 2, verse 1. Now the angel of the Lord said, I led you up from Egypt and brought you to the land of which I swore to your fathers. You see, before we trusted in Jesus as our Savior, we have to recognize that we used to live in a life of sin. We were in bondage and slavery to sin. Just like the Israelites, they were in Egypt as slaves. Yet uh, the Lord raised up Moses to deliver them out of Egypt, out of slavery of Egypt, to free them out and to bring them to the land of Israel, the promised land. Well, same thing with us. 
the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, not just to save us from our sins, from the consequences of our sins, but He saved us from the slavery of sin. We are freed from the, cha- the shackles or the chains of sin. And we could see here that the Lord said, the angel of the Lord continued on in Judges chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, And I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. When the Lord brought them out of Egypt, He established a covenant relationship with His people, Israel. In the same way, a covenant is a, an agreement between a higher party and a lower party. We could see that God became their God and the people of Israel became the people of God. In the same way, when we trust in Jesus as our Savior, He becomes our God. We establish an agreement with Him that I want you to be the God of my life. I want to follow you. I want to establish a relationship with you. But the Lord said to, the angel of the Lord said to, uh, we, could, they, we could see here that the angel of the Lord is revealing to them that God will never break His covenant with Israel. And they should not make any covenant with the inhabitants of the land. We could see here that indeed, this is not something that the Israelites have followed. In Judges chapter 2, verse 2, you shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. And the Lord said, why have you done this? Why have you done this? They have not obeyed the voice of the Lord. In other words, when you make an agreement with someone, you have to fulfill what you have agreed upon. And God said to them, I will be your people. I will not break my covenant with you. But how come you are living a lifestyle of disobedience? I told you not to do this, but you continued on this pathway. So God's heart was broken because the people refused to follow their agreement with God. They broke their covenant relationship with Him. And the first stage, why they reached this stage, is what I consider to be apathy towards God. There is this carelessness. It's like we have a relationship with God. We say, you are my God. I am your follower. But oftentimes, this is just so formal relationship, but in our day-to-day life, you know, He is not seen as the God of our lives. When God commits to be your, your father and you become His son or daughter, just like in a parent and child relationship, think about it as parents here. What if you see your child continue on the process of disobeying you? And they say sorry, but they continue on the pattern of Uh, repeating the same kind of sin over and over and over again. And if your child continues this rebellious act, how would you feel? You know, your heart will also be broken. Is it okay for you to just allow them to go through that kind of pattern? You see, we are reminded in Judges chapter 2 that as a result of the Israelites' apathy towards God, what happens next is their attitude of carelessness led to their compromise of their faith. You know, if we're too careless with our relationship with God, it will lead to compromise. And because of the compromises of our faith, it would lead to consequences that we will later regret. And at the end of it all, we will face the calamities because of God's judgment that we could see here in Judges chapter 2. The question that we need to ask ourselves is, how do we reverse apathy towards God? In Judges chapter 2, verse 7, the Word of God says, So the people served the Lord 
all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. You see, unlike the next generation, we have to realize that Joshua and the older generation have a strong commitment to the Lord. We could see that they followed the leadership of Joshua. And Joshua, we could see him that he is fully committed to the Lord. And because of his commitment to the Lord, not his compromises, uh, he never compromises faith, but he was so committed and devoted to the Lord that all Israel followed the Lord. We could see here that uh, indeed, uh, it is amazing how one life, one uh, leader by the name of Joshua, he could create a, uh, an influence, a strong influence that the entire nation of Israel is following the Lord. All Israel followed the Lord. Even after Joshua died, we could see that continue on in the life of uh, the elders of the nation of Israel. During the time when the elders continued to rule, even after the death of Joshua, all Israel still continued to follow the Lord. Let's take a look at the life of Joshua. You know, we have to realize that today we need Joshua's. We need Joshua's in our church. We need Joshua's in our families. We need Joshua's in our communities. We, have jo we need Joshua's in our societies. Without a Joshua, people will be led astray from the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let us look at the start of God's call upon the life of Joshua. Let's look at Joshua chapter 1. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, the Word of God says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. We could see here that indeed Joshua is a man of commitment. In contrast to the next generation of the Israelites, we could see Joshua is committed to meditate on God's law day and night. He is also committed to be careful to do everything according to all that is written in God's Word. You see, we could see here that apathy towards God leads to a life of disobedience towards God. And we are reminded, on the other hand, that uh, if we want to reverse apathy towards God, we should follow the model of Joshua, which is a model of a someone, of a person who is fully committed to do God's will, to live a life of obedience to God. Let us not be careless about God's Word. Instead, we should meditate on God's Word day and night. And also, we need to commit to obey everything written in it. That's why the Word of God says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So you see, the reason why Joshua was successful was because he was committed to do everything that God called him to do. The reason why the next generation was unsuccessful, unsuccessful was because they were disobedient to God's word. In Judges chapter 2, verses 8 to 9, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old, and they buried him. Indeed, the nation of Israel rejoiced at the memory of the life of Joshua. Let's all praise God for the life of Joshua. But the most important question is, will you commit to be like Joshua, will you commit to be a Joshua today? Will you commit to live a lifestyle of obedience to everything that God calls us to do? 
whenever we sin against God, we should not just sin, confess, sin, confess, but to repent and turn away from our wicked ways. In Judges chapter 2, verse 10, when all the, that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord. Take note here, they did not know the Lord, nor the work with which He had done for Israel. It's very sad to say that Joshua and the elders during the time, they were very committed, they were highly committed, but sad to say they were not able to pass on their faith to the next generation. Somebody once said that Christianity is just one generation away from extinction. You see, how do we reverse apathy towards God? We need to make a firm commitment to obey God in everything. And this will lead you and me to be men and women of conviction. Without this conviction, you will fall astray and go back to a life of apathy. But the, we could see here that indeed, when Joshua died, the entire Israelite nation celebrated the life of Joshua. But sad to say, they continued on prolonging this celebration without concentrating on passing on the faith to the next generation. And as a result, there was a crisis. There was a crisis of faith because the older generation have a firm faith, but the next generation had no faith in the Lord. As a result, they had apathy towards God. The second stage of rebellion against God is abandonment of God. Abandonment of God. In Judges chapter 2, verse 12, the Word of God says, And they forsook the Lord, God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods. You see, because of the apathy of the next generation of the Israelites, this led them to a worse state. They started forsaking the Lord. They started abandoning the God of their fathers. They went after other gods. They followed other gods instead. You see, we, we have a wonderful ministry, vibrant, growing church ministry. And we thank God for the school. I was a product of the school. And we hope that we were able not just to accept the faith from our forefathers, but we should pray that we would be able to pass on this faith that God has bestowed upon us, that we have embraced to the next generation as well. In Judges chapter 2, verse 14, the Word of God says, And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, so He delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them. You see, if you continue on insisting on uh, having this apathetic relationship with God, careless in your faith relationship with God, then it would lead to you eventually abandoning the God that you believe in. You see, God will not force His way on someone. If someone wants to leave Him, just like the second generation, God will not force His way on them. When someone sins deliberately against God, what will be the attitude of God? God's anger will be burned, will be kindled, will be hot against us. Judges chapter 2, verse 15, the Word of God says, Whenever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly distressed. You see, when someone insists to go their own way, you know, God's hand will be against them. You know, do you, do you look at your life and see how the Lord has blessed you? Remember David, when God said to David, 
I've given you so much. I bless you so much. And if these things are not enough, I would have given you more. But what have you done when he sinned against Bathsheba? The challenge is for us to treat God as how we should treat him and give him the honor that he so deserves. Judges chapter 2, verse 15 says, And as the Lord had sworn to them, they were greatly distressed when we abandon the God we serve, when we go our own ways, and we, when we insist to do what we think is right in our own eyes, there will be a lot of distress. We will face a lot of distress. You know, the farther away from God, this distress will continue to expand and grow and elevate and escalate. And we are actually putting ourselves in such a terrible state. You see, people who abandon God actually started because of a corruption in the faith that they have in the Lord. Perhaps it was not a real faith in the Lord, just like we could see here. They do not know the Lord. And we could see here that indeed this leads to corrosion of the faith. You know, it's just a, an imaginary kind of faith. And as a result, their faith will actually collapse and they will face casualties for abandoning their God. In Judges chapter 2, verse 18, the Word of God says, And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. You see, it is interesting that even if the people, the second generation, even if they drifted away from the Lord, even if they turned away from the Lord, even if they abandoned the Lord, the Lord never abandons them. The Lord reaches out to them. The Lord raises up a judge. The Lord concerns, shows His concern for, for this generation. And we could see here, He raised judges to save them because of their outcry, because of the distress signal that they sent to the Lord, God went down to save them. In Judges chapter 2, verse 19, it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers. They did not cease from their own doings nor from their own stubborn way. It's very sad that the, the next generation of Israelites they live a lifestyle of sin, confess, sin, confess. There's a cycle of sin. They never repent. They never turn away from their wicked ways. They went from bad to worse. This leads us to the third stage of rebellion against God. And this is alienation from God. So you move from apathy towards God to abandonment of God. And later on, there will be alienation from God. In Judges chapter 2, verses 20 to 21, the Word of God says, Then the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and He said, Because this nation has transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and has not heeded my voice, so I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died. So we could see here that the reason why we are still existing today is because of God's sustaining grace. We all went through the pandemic. We went, all went through a, a difficult time for the past several years. Yet by God's sustaining grace, we are still alive today. But when we continue to drift away from God, when we continue to go far and far away from God, when we continue to 
abandon God and, and turn away from God and just go back into the world and live the kind of life that we used to live when we were still non-believers, then we have to realize that we might reach the point of no return. When we drift away too far away from God, then we will end up being alienated from God. When that hap- time happens, God will no longer reach out to help you, but you will face the consequences of being alienated from God. You see, alienation from God starts with having a callous heart. When our hearts are hardened and where hearts are callous, this leads to crumbling of our relationship with God. And then we would reach a point where our minds will be closed we'll be close-minded in our relationship with Him. And then as a result, God would close His doors on us. Dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, this is a warning on rebellion against God. Today we are reminded that the downward path of rebellion against God, this will lead to regression. And this will lead you from living a life that is bad to worse. Your state will be on a regressive state. We learned today three stages of rebellion against God. First stage is apathy towards God. Let us not be careless in disobeying God. You see, God has blessed us so much. Let us not abuse the kindness of God by rebelling against Him. When we have a chance, let us reach out to the next generation. Pray for them and care for them. When you see signs of apathy apathy to the next generation, reach out to them and show spiritual care. With God's help, let us reverse people's apathy towards God. Let us be modern-day Joshua's today. The second stage is abandonment of God. You see, if we don't reach out to the next generation, as they continue to show signs of apathy towards God, they will move to the next stage. They will abandon God or abandonment of God. When they abandon God, they will go and serve other gods. It's no longer the God of the Bible. They will begin to serve money. They will begin to pursue the things of the world. They will become friends of the world. They will follow the ways of the world. And God will raise up judges. God will raise up you and me to to reach out to them and and seek out to, to save them from their distress situation. You see, God provided judges also for the nation of Israel, but when the judge died, the next generation just continued on and become worse even because of their stubbornness of heart. So let us not have a stubborn heart today. Last but not the least is a stage of alienation from God. You see, we have been given a task, not just to keep our faith to ourselves, We have to pass it on to the next generation. We have to pray hard. We have to, you know, care for for the next generation. Let's not just leave them at their own state. Let us not just allow them to to be taken away by the ways of the world. Reach out to the next generation while you have the opportunity. Let us not wait until they're too far away from God and they reach the point of being alienated from God. You know, at that stage, God just turns away from them and looking at their callous hearts and even if they if God God would no longer be open because of their unresponsive faith to him 
You see, when things are getting better, we should not be relaxed. Instead, we should not put down our guards, but we should continue to pursue God and just not just turn away from God and leave Him and that go far away from God, drift too far away from God that we will, you know, regret the consequences of our actions. Today, the question is, are you in a state of rebellion against God? Are you apathetic towards God? Are you reaching the point where you're about to abandon God or you're entertaining thoughts of uh, abandoning God? Or are you at that state wherein you're already reaching the point of being alienated from God? Remember when I was in college, after graduation from Grace, I went to college and the Lord just moved my heart and I know I will had compromises in my Christian life. I said I am a follower of Jesus, but there are times that I only obey what I wanted, but there are things that I disobey against Him. And God started to move my heart and say, who am I to you? And the Lord just rebuked me and I just confessed my sin and I decided to turn away from an apathetic kind of lifestyle. So I said, Lord, please forgive me. Please forgive me for for." Uh, choosing things that I, you know, to not that completely uh, choosing to follow you completely, but to follow you like, with a compromising heart. I said, God, I want to follow you from this day onwards, to follow you whatever you want me to do. At the time, uh, I said to the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? What are things that you want me to do? And, and uh, because I was spending time with God, God just uh, recalled two things. He said to me, two things I want you to do. Number one, remember when you were doing your uh, college work in engineering school. You're partnered with your friend who is, so, is a genius. And uh, the work got a very high grade, but you contributed nothing. Your, your classmate did everything. I said, Lord, what, will, what do you want me to do? He said to me, go and approach your professor Tell the professor the reality of what happened and say sorry and face the consequences. I said, Lord, I don't want to fail this course. But he said to me, that that's what I want you to do. So in fear and trembling, I went to approach my professor and say, Sir, I explained the circumstances. I told him everything. I was ready to face the consequences, but thankfully the professor said, you know, he, he never failed me. I said, Lord, I did this. What else do you want me to do? He said, remember that other professor in school? He told you, you know, he, he never taught anything in class and you all had high grades and you all spoke negatively of this professor. I want you to go and apologize for the bad things you said against him. Lord, you want me to go? I don't know the consequences I'll face if I do that. I said, you want to follow me or obey me? In fear and trembling, I obeyed God and went to that person, went to that professor and asked for his forgiveness. When these two professors asked me, why are you doing this? And I said, the Lord convicted me. They were shocked actually at my words. Friends, what is God telling you today? Perhaps there are areas in your life that you've been compromising against him. And God calls you. God calls you today. If you're my child, 
I want you to completely follow me. I want you to completely obey me. Because someone out there is looking out at you, looking at you and seeing the kind of faith you have, whether it's worth accepting or whether it's worth receiving. May we learn from the book of Judges and may we continue on as we pursue the book of Acts. May we see a huge difference between two groups of people that considers to be God's people. God's people in the New Testament and God's people in the Old Testament. Shall we come to the Lord in prayer? Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves before you and recognize, O God, indeed you have sent your only begotten Son to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, uh, indeed we are so grateful for all that he has done for us, all that you have done for us to save us, to redeem us out of the consequences and slavery of sin. Yet, Father, if today we are living a life of apathy, if we're careless, if we entertain callousness in our hearts, if we harden our hearts and just live a life of sin, confess, and sin, confess, and sin, confess, without truly repenting from our sins, I pray that you would convict us. I pray that this message from you will be a wake-up call to all of us. This warnings on rebellion against God is a reality that is written in your word. Help us to pursue you with a genuine desire, just like Joshua. Lord, to meditate on your law day and night and to be careful to observe, to do everything according to to all that is written in your word. Help us to be obedient children of yours. Not so that we would be applauded by men, but Lord, when people see us, they would see Christ in us. And they too would want to embrace the faith that we have. Thank you, dear God, for this message. And we give you all glory, honor, and praise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.